1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode the co founder of The Leveragists at TheLeveragists.com. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today, including a phenomenal guest, as well as my co host, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Hello. Now that i got all of our technical glitches out of the way, we should have a great, great show. Awesome. I'm
0: ready, except I am not, because I can't see who our guest is today. (laughs) Oh,
1: I am really looking forward to this guest, and I know you and I have spoken about it, so you are as well. Our guest today is none other than Tom Schwab, the founder of Interview Valet. And, you know, Tom's a guy who knows how to build an online business. Marketing at its heart is starting a conversation with someone who could be an ideal customer. And Tom helps small business owners, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs get featured on leading podcasts. Their prospects are already listening. Then he shows them how to turn those listeners into customers. I'm going to let Tom tell you a little bit more about his background because this is an amazing guy. Uh, He's a Navy veteran and inbound marketing engineer. Tom has a refreshingly different approach. He focuses on time-proven strategy, then supercharges them on today's free tools. An author, a speaker, a teacher. Hello, Tom, and welcome to Leverage Masters.
2: Gina, I am thrilled to be here. And Jack, don't worry. Nobody can see who the guest is, but that's the wonderful thing about Blog Talk Radio is they can all hear who the guest is. (laughs) Right. And that's the most important thing. <laughs> I I I have a face for radio, so consider yourself lucky all your listeners.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you. Uh we did get to talk and meet um not too long ago, and I love what you're doing. I love the service. And I would love to uh talk about all the leverage in that today. Uh among anything else, you know, you you might want to talk about um Is there anything you'd like to add to uh, your wonderful introduction there?
2: Well, definitely, and I, I love being here, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. We had I think we talked a couple of weeks ago, and the time just flew by, just the the free flow of ideas. But um, my background, as Gina mentioned, there is my first job out of college was a, uh, as an engineer. I actually ran nuclear power plants, and I was always amazed by the systems that they could put in to get reproducible results, and just with you know a little bit of input, get a lot of output. And I've said that the, uh, you know, I've I've run a nuclear power plant and I've also run a small business, and one of them was easy because it came with an instruction manual. And what I try to do is work with small businesses so that they can. Have a system that's proven reproducible that they can use to put a little input in and get massive output and I think there's no better way to do that today uh, than as a podcast guest you know right now i'm I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan, speaking from home but yet talking to thousands tens of thousands of people, and just Years ago, you know, you would have to get on a plane, uh, spend an entire day, you know, to speak to a hundred people. And now, with the free tools that we have out here, boy, you can, you can speak to anybody that you can serve.
0: Can you give our listeners a, an idea of the state of the podcast industry these days? I wonder if maybe people think our podcasts still relevant. Are they more relevant? What's the big deal about them? Are there a lot of them? Will there be any of my industry? Do you, do you have any quick stats off the top of your head? doesn't have to be exact about what the industry is like and where it's going.
2: Sure. Right now, the current studies have shown that 20% of the U.S. population listens to podcasts. And by listens, they mean that the average person listens to eight hours of podcasts a day. And really, podcast is is a misnomer. Uh, There's a lot of people that are young, as you'd ask them what an iPod is, and they have no idea. It's really gotten to be more on-demand radio. If you think about it, um, some of the new cars that come out there can download these episodes straight to their dashboard. They don't even need a device with that. A lot of terrestrial radio is picking up podcasts and using that content. The thing that's so different about it is that it's very, very, very niche down, which I think is a great benefit to us. You know, back in the days, you know, I can remember listening to to Casey Kasem on the radio um, on a Sunday night. It wasn't because that's what I wanted to listen to when I wanted to listen to. No, it was because it was the only thing that was on. Now with this new medium of on-demand radio, the people that are listening are doing it by choice when they want. And that is so powerful because, you know, from the standpoint of radio and television, you get on there and if somebody's not watching or listening right at that time, boy, you'll lose them forever. But this is evergreen content. So uh, even now it's 2016 we're recording this. I guarantee you right now there's somebody in 2018 that's listening to this for the first time that just, just found out about Leverage Masters. They're coming back listening to old episodes. And so this evergreen content, while it's probably getting to less people, it's getting to more of the right people. So that's why I think podcasts are growing, and all the stats show that they're growing faster than TV watching um, or even terrestrial radio, it's really the only medium that you can do where you don't need your eyes. You know, you can be doing this while you're, uh, there's probably people listening right now that are are working out, taking a walk on their lunch break, um, you know, uh, fixing dinner. Uh, It's such an amazing medium. And I think it's also a very intimate uh, medium. Uh, I was in uh, uh, San Diego recently at, at Social Media Marketing World, and I was struck by uh, people, how would they say you 've got to break through the noise, and I looked around and there was no more noise. You know people now have earbuds in they 've got uh, the beats, headphones on, and they are they are choosing who they listen to. I thought about that you know on the plane uh, The guy next to me could have been an ideal customer, but he had his earbuds in. The only way that I could connect with him was getting on the the podcast that he was listening to, so i thought wow the the w- world has really changed with that.
0: Yeah, he's standing right there. But he'll get really mad if you poke him on the arm and you know make him take his headphones off to talk to you. <laughs> because he's yeah, it is a weird, it is a weird phenomenon, and it is really pervasive. But it's to me, it's like it's all over the place, but it's also completely unseen at the same time. Because you got to know who you're after, and you got to know, you know, um, somehow you've got to be connected up with. Hey, you can listen to this. Here, you know, and you got to know what you want. So people might find recommendations of podcasts on Facebook. Some friends, you know, uh, uh, shared someone's link, and and that's how they discover stuff. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, iTunes, or however I would like to listen to this. And it is so intensely personal and person to person, human to human, in the way that we promote these things and the way that people get into and interact with them. And it's just like the guy, yeah, like the guy standing next to you, he's somewhere, he's in some other part of the world. He's almost like his body's in one place and his mind is in another, uh, delving deep into some issue or neat, fun thing that he's learning about on a podcast, one of tens of tens of tens of thousands <laughs> that are out there. And the other thing that you mentioned that's really interesting, too, is that they're really super niche. So... Uh, you know, if you want to learn about how to cook uh, certain kinds of dishes or hear someone reminisce about, you know, their Italian heritage and and things like that, uh, you can do that. I mean, you can really get niched down, and that's a wonderful thing. Really, people need to understand if you're going to, to try to market and get exposure through podcasts how these things really work and how people are really listening to them. So I appreciate you drawing that picture for everyone. So they can really kind of get into this, the next part of what we talk about, which is it's a big leverage to show up on one of these things as a guest. You want to uh, want to go down that road?
2: Uh, you're so right, Jack. And what you were talking about there of it being very, very focused, um, I think the more focused the podcast is or that audience is, the greater leverage you have with it. So let me give you an example here. Early on I was on a podcast. Big big name podcast, but very diverse uh, base. Um, and there's probably heard by 50,000 people. And I thought, wow, this is going to be great. You know, from that, I got about 10 leads. They, they were all great leads. Yikes. But, that, but then I was on another podcast and I was on there and the, the host almost was apologetic when she said, I, I get about 300 downloads per episode. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, this is a, uh, I want to talk with you. I want to to address your audience. I I think I could bring a lot of help and service here. Well, Jack, do you know that out of those 300 downloads that she said she got, I got 150 leads from that? So it's, which one did I get more leverage out of it? You know, did I get more leverage on screaming to the entire world and just being part of the background noise? Or did I get more leverage with connecting and engaging with 300 ideal customers and I think there's sometimes we get confused on the difference between hearing listening and engaging we think oh it's all the same thing but it's not I I don't want to just get heard you know I hear a jackhammer I don't remember it and I don't like it and all the rest of that I may hear a podcast as background noise you know I might listen to a person because you know I like their message and what they're saying but what's really important is when you can engage with a listener and really speak to what they need. And, and that's the way that you can build something and get people to go from being listeners to visitors to leads. And what we have seen is that we can get conversion rates. You know, a blog is about 1% to 2% of visitors to leads but from podcast interviews, it's not uncommon to see 25%, 50%. We've even had some shows go up to 80% uh, visitor to lead. Yeah.
0: You know, that reminds me of uh, a, I was explaining maybe last week or the week before, I can't remember, about how um, I had a little tiny podcast called Website Chats back in 2008, 2009. And um, that was right around when Gary Vaynerchuk got his big book deal, his ten-book, ten-million-dollar book deal. And his first book was Crush It. And I saw that he was going to do interviews and everything, and and I'm like, well, what the heck, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, he's blowing up at this point, really, really blowing up. Before he got on with me, he, he agreed to do it, and he, got off, he was on some BBC radio show or TV, I can't remember, big deal. And right after me, he was off to a CNN interview on TV. And, uh, and he came to my thing right in the middle. And one of the reasons I think he did that is he wanted to prove that he can hustle because he's Gary Vaynerchuk, right? But then he's got me talking about him here in 2016, And I told people on the show, and I was like, man, nobody's going to really actually believe that I believe this, that I might have gotten him better exposure than CNN. And it's just precisely because of what you just said, because CNN's just got everybody, right? I mean, just everybody. And he might have been on a business segment, so it's niched down a little bit to... If you're interested in business, and wow, what a giant topic! <laughs> you might not be interested in hearing Gary Vaynerchuk, and most of the people who would, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be right. It just wouldn't be pertinent to them. But for my show, everybody was there to hear him. Every single person, and every single person was interested in either, you know, getting closer him to him and engaging with him as a customer, or helping him out as as uh, so many people do who are really interested that might not ever become your customer by spreading the word, liking and sharing and doing all that work that people who never become your customers but do a very important job do. And so over all of this time, it might have taken me until 2016, but I'm absolutely sure that my little tiny podcast actually got him over all of this time a lot more Relevant, meaningful exposure than that giant CNN interview that he was off to right after he did mine. Now you helped me to explain why I think that's true. <laughs> and,
2: and, and Jack, you're so right. And when people say, "Well, why should I do it?" Well, I would point out President Obama went to Mark Marin's garage to do a podcast interview, and here's a guy that can get the national networks to come into his office to pretty much, you know, broadcast whatever he wants but it was a different audience that wouldn't have been listening to those big 3 networks. So he went there and he was able to engage with them. You know, I'll give you another example. We've got a, one of our clients is a Fox News contributor and he has had such success in podcast interviews. And the way he explained it is, yeah, he goes on Fox News or Fox Business and he's got a 2 or 3 minute segment. And of that 2 or 3 minutes, the interviewer is probably talking about half of it. So he gets maybe 90 seconds, you know, maybe two minutes to share his ideas, and he does a great job with it. But he said that getting on a podcast and being able to talk for 30 or 45 minutes and delve deeper in there, it allows people to get to know, like, and trust him. And he swears he gets more um, traffic, leads, and sales from podcasts, even small targeted podcasts, than he does being on the national news at prime time.
0: I believe it yeah and people are more hungry like i was gary knew he was enlisting someone into his army by going to the smaller podcasts we were impressed enough that he would do it and he knew that we were the hustlers right cnn just goes to the next program right they're giant they're they're a thing they're you know huge and but he knows that every time he goes somewhere even to this day which he probably does a lot less of that i'm not sure but uh on the smaller stuff, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> he knows he's enlisting people into his army, and I went out and, of course, promoted the crap out of it. He knew that, I, that he was a name, that his name had a draw, that I was going to use that name to make my podcast bigger, which I certainly did, and it certainly did <laughs> get a lot bigger. Um, because people are like, wow, you can interview Gary Vaynerchuk and Darren Rouse from ProVlogger and Heather Armstrong from Deuce and all of those pe- people. I'm going to listen to this just because of your guest list. And then I get them hooked because the guests are the one who do all of the hard, heavy lifting, right? They come with the content, they come with the name that draws all of the people to listen. And if I have, if I had a guest that was um, newer, that wasn't as well known, sandwiching them between the Gary Vaynerchuks and, and Darren Rouses was a way to get people, you know, well. I don't know this guy, but that show yesterday with Gary was really good. So let me go check this out, and all of a sudden, notoriety, and awesome. And I just and, love the world of it because it's just—it's um, fascinating how information travels these days and how people are getting it and consuming it through podcasts.
2: And Jack, to your point there, I think if you look at the opposite side of that spectrum, you know there are people listening right now that aren't as as famous as Gary Vaynerchuk. I know there's a couple, one or two out there. It's only famous people that listen. But even if you aren't uh, that famous, you can come onto a podcast and offer tremendous value, right? Because the insights that you have on your market, your company, there is value that you can offer there. And, you know, if you hear uh, a Gary Vaynerchuk um interview, well, you've probably heard him before, you've heard stories, so sometimes it can be a rehash of what you've heard before. But that new person, that new voice, that can bring incredible value. So I would I would um, encourage anybody that's listening, look for your own business. Is there some way that you could use this? Because it is so much different than television or radio. You know, if, if I reached out to the local television station right now or the local radio station, and said I would like to be interviewed. You know, here's what I can offer. I can tell you what's going to happen. They'll come back their sales department. And say, well, Mr. Schwab, if, if you would like to buy this much advertising, we can get you on at 5 a.m. And if you'd like to buy this much, we can get you on at 5 p.m. It's an yeah. advertising based model. Whereas podcasts, you know, uh, Jack, you and Gina are just trying to find great content for your audience and your listeners. So you're looking for great guests, not who's going to buy advertising from you. So from that standpoint, you don't have to be uh, a Gary Vaynerchuk with 100,000 followers to be a great podcast guest. You just have to have something of value that you can share with that audience, and, and you'll see great leverage from that.
0: Well, and for us, we're responsible for, because our model is to bring the goods around a certain very niche topic. And so if you... And, and everybody's like that in the podcasting world. That's really what they're doing. Um, there's very large podcasts that are kind of running, uh, decided to run the same way as traditional media in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, the bread and butter podcast that's out there, like ours, like this one, um, we our business model is to bring the goods around the topic, really, really, really bring the goods. And if we can do that, that's how we're capturing attention, and that's how we you know, get more people to download the Leverage Black Book and, um, you know, do joint ventures with, and all kinds of great things come out of it for us. So if you understand what's in it for the podcaster, you know, like our example, you you should start to become less intimidated if you're intimidated at all by going out and trying to get on a couple of shows, right?
2: It is, and it's it sounds intimidating when you first start it, but there's some basic principles that you can use to get on a podcast. And first of all, let me warn, there's 200,000 podcasts out there. 99.9% of them um, will help your business in no way. They could even hurt it. Um, you know, right now there's a great macrame podcast out there. I don't listen to it. I, I don't go on it as a guest because that's not my audience. But if you can focus on who it is you want to talk to and build a relationship, either through social media um, uh, or or leaving comments on the podcast with that host, then you can come to them and you've earned the right to say, hey, I've got something that I think would be of benefit to your listeners. And, you know, uh, I've given a resource right here, anybody that's interested, and we can put this in the show notes or just go over to interviewvalet.com forward slash leverage and there's we've got a a cheat sheet it's a, a checklist of six secrets to getting booked on podcasts and it'll get you there on the, the right podcast and really once you get on a few of them it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy or leverage where uh if each podcast host if you just ask them at the end hey do you know any other great shows that i would be a good guest on boy if they each give you two leads from there um, that's going to grow exponentially really quickly. So it's it's not a mysterious way, boy. It's it's a reproducible and tested way that you can connect i with your ideal customers really for free. It, it's going to cost you the time for the interview, um, some preparation, but uh, it's a great marketing tactic.
0: Yeah, and thanks for the plug, by the way, for our sister podcast Macrame Masters, uh, which <laughs> airs on Fridays. So. Yeah, thanks for that. We, we we're having a little hard time getting exposure on that particular topic. <laughs> but but we're working on it. We're sure we can do it. So yeah. I mean, it's it's really kinda neat and it really is a world that you can dive into and just really get into it. As we were doing research for the Leverage Black Book and, and putting together a resources section for um just researching podcasts because there's so many well, maybe you can talk about this next. There's so many ways to find podcasts that people aren't just on iTunes. Most people realize at some point or another that it'd be a really good idea to get exposure to the general iTunes audience and get into their catalog but there's also people that are on SoundCloud and Blueberry and all kinds of uh, smaller not mom and pop but just you know, this just different third-party platforms that they truly, truly love. Like Lewis House is on SoundCloud, and his thing comes out on SoundCloud, and then it's also in iTunes. But he really just loves the SoundCloud platform. He's really big there. He's got a huge following there. And so maybe you could talk about that. Like, you know, what is – how would you do the research, and how would you – how do people need to be thinking about how to go out and find podcasts?
2: Sure, and that's a great question, Jack, because at times it can be overwhelming with 200,000 podcasts. And some people will say, well, I'll just go after the big ones. Well, you're not going to land the biggest ones from the very beginning, nor should you, because you're probably not ready for it. So I always say the best experts on anything, it's not you, it's not me, it's your customers. So ask your current customers. Just ask them, hey, do you listen to podcasts? It could be a a question that you put on social media. It could be something that your uh, customer service people just ask customers as they call in. See if they listen to podcasts and which ones, because whichever ones they listen to, chances are there's more ideal customers that listen to the same ones, or... Put yourself in the position of your ideal customers and say, what kinds of shows would they be interested in? What kind of value could I bring to these shows? Um, And that really, that focus down um, aspect of the show will give you um, a direction to start with. And then, with all of our clients, we work we work through them uh, different litmus tests almost, or different checks and Not all podcasts will give you the same results. So some of the things you want to look for are podcasts that have been around for a while. You know, the the sad fact is that most podcasts that die, die within the first episode. You don't want to be number nine interview on a podcast that dies after eight, nor do you want to be number Mm -hmm. seven because nobody else will ever listen to it and find you. So find a show that's been around for a while. Also look and make sure that they post regularly. Because that shows that they're committed to it and that uh, that the audience also knows they're going to be there. You know, sort of the, the kiss of death for consistency can be like, well, I podcasted twice this month and then I took a couple months off and then I did it a couple more times. And, you know, that uh, just like blogging, consistency is important. So when you go on shows, make sure they're consistent. The final one I talk to people about is make sure the... The feel of it is consistent with your brand. I mean, there's a lot of great shows out there. Some of them have explicit um, ratings on it. And I don't mean that that's good or bad. It's just what the show is. So make sure that you're comfortable with the overall feel of that show and that it's consistent. So if somebody heard you on that podcast um, and then they heard the next podcast afterwards – that it wouldn't detract from your brand or it wouldn't confuse the brand or, you know, it wouldn't embarrass you if your kids or your mom listened to you on one podcast and then the next one started to roll.
0: Good points, very good points. If anybody would like to do uh, a beginning search on this stuff, if you're kind of new to this or if you want to refresh your memory or just look around, sometimes we just have to pop up and look around. Sometimes we get into our daily and weekly and monthly work things, and we're like, I, I think I know what all the podcasts are, because I looked two months ago. You probably don't. There's probably some other stuff that you didn't see. If you guys want a really, really cool tool, I built you one at theleveragists.com authority dash search, or you can just go to theleveragists.com, and it's in the menu at the top. Click on authority search, and you'll see um, a whole bunch of stuff that I put together. It's all available separately, but this is a nice you know, central location for you to look at all of the different podcast directories. It's toward the bottom of the page under Podcast Finder. And you can just kind of browse around. It kind of blows your mind <laughs> because there's so much out there. But as you said, there are, you, know, there's, you can get put in a directory. That doesn't mean you're a good podcast <laughs> automatically or that you're current and I you mean there'll still be people in directories that had 9 episodes and they're still in the directory but they the last published in 2013. So, you know, there's that, but that's how directories work. It's kind of hard to keep them clean. People get ideas, they try them, they don't work. They they don't go back and say, "Can you unlist me from the directory?" But uh, there's a lot of really cool tools there. So, go to leveragists.com and click on authority search at the top. And you guys can start looking around um, or look around again, and maybe there's some tools in there that you hadn't seen before or directories but yeah it's a it's a big broad world and it's it's kind of funny how it's not centralized it's extremely decentralized it's it's not um you know it's kind of they're all over the place, so you kind of just got to do what tom you said you said you know ask your fans and ask people around, and I kind of like that gorilla feel of podcasting. Still to this day, somebody could have centralized it all and made it really super easy to find all podcasts everywhere and rank them in some kind of a way that, like you feel at a Google ranking in the top ten, it's probably a legitimate site. Otherwise, in a podcast directory, this is probably a legitimate podcast because it's got more of whatever they deem worthiness to be in the top ten. And with podcasts, it's not really that way. There's no Google out there really for uh, just podcasts. You'll get a whole bunch of different stuff in your top ten in Google when you search for podcast and then your keyword. You'll get you know closer to your goal, and sometimes you'll nail something. It's like, wow, I really got to put this on my hit list, and I've got to try to get on this podcast. This is perfect. But sometimes what? that doesn't show up. You know, this. What's- it's really weird.
2: Jack, I, I had not known about that resource that you just put out there, and I tell you what, when we get off this uh, conversation, I'm going to be going there, because I've been doing this for uh, about three years, focusing on targeted podcast interviews as a marketing strategy to grow your business. Uh, I've got, been on over 250 podcasts, got relationships with over 1,000 different podcasters, and I still, every day, come across one, and it's like, how did I not know about that podcast? Yeah. So yeah. you can always go out there. But, Jack, the other thing that I wanted to pull back the curtain for everybody that's listening right now, Jack just did one of the keys that we always teach people when you're on a podcast. I did it a little bit earlier, but he did it perfectly. You've got to give people a reason to go from being listeners to being visitors and then to be leads. So there's some things that you can't show on on the radio, right? Nobody can see what you look like. Nobody can see the infographic. Nobody can see this great resource of the search tool that Jack just mentioned. So the only way you can do that is to go from a listener to a visitor. And that's why I love this medium, too, is that people can come back and and find it. Um, Those people that are really excited... Uh, are really engaged, those will be the ones there. So the traffic that you get back to your site when you're a podcast guest or on a podcast will be so much hotter traffic than, say, just somebody that finds you in a Google search. And we had one client that uh, I always use her as an example. Um, She made these quilts where she'd cut up different, um, different race T-shirts or different things. And if she was on a sports-related podcast, she'd talk about, oh, we made one for Wayne Gretzky. We cut up some of his old jerseys. And, you know, if you want to see it, oh, just come back to our site, and she'd give the address. Well, what red-blooded American or Canadian doesn't want to see Wayne Gretzky's quilt? But if she was on a podcast that maybe focused more on uh, moms, um, and and parenting. She'd talk about well, they had made this quilt for someone that, that that sent them the baby clothes and they cut it up and they made a quilt out of out of the baby clothes and they're gonna give it to their daughter when when she has her own children. And if you wanna see that what yeah. that quilt looks like, just come here. Well, every mother that's listening to that goes, I wanna see what that quilt looks like. And so a lot of times, you know, in, in online marketing, we'll talk about lead bait. You know, how can I get them to become a lead? Well, I think when we're talking, a lot of times we just have to give them a reason to go to the website, get, make it easy for them and add value there. Because really, on any interview, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to add value. You're trying to start that conversation, which was marketing's all about. And you're trying to build up that know, like, and trust so that if people engage with what you're saying, if they think you could help them, then you've got a next step for them. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it is kind of crazy. We, uh, I, I often think, man, I, I didn't drop a URL right there. I, um, I probably could have used this tool uh, three or four episodes ago, and I just didn't think of it at the time. It's something that you have to do retrain yourself and remind yourself to do because <laughs> sometimes you can get in if you're a guest or it's on your podcast you can really really be getting into the conversation and kind of forget the other duties that a podcaster or a podcast guest have to do and are really important so I mean if you're going to go to the trouble of of uh that's not much trouble but getting on a show and being interviewed and everything come prepared and come prepared to serve right isn't service like can you talk about how important it is to come and really bring the goods for the podcasts that you get on so that not only you make that indelible impression, right, you want people to really get into you, and you want them to say things like, I can't believe they shared this, or she said that, or whatever. They are not going to do that if you're a milk toast interview, right? You're just Bleh. So can you talk a little bit about how service and, and how um, to really support um, and, and repay people for having you on their show?
2: Very much so. And we, we always teach our clients, and all of our clients, they go through this certification process. So when they show up, they are a perfect guest. They, they sound great. They know what to talk about. Um, but we teach them that your job on a podcast is to make the host look like a genius for introducing you to his or her audience right that's what your goal is to bring so much value that they're saying wow i am so glad i had you here you know could we have you on again um the resources that you provide and really giving people the next opportunity you know while we have an hour to talk boy that hour goes really really quick so we always point put out resources like that. Like I had mentioned the the six secrets to getting booked on a podcast. Well, I could go through them now. Everybody wouldn't remember them. So let's find a place for that to go to, uh, that they can find that. Um, Other things are we could go through the training of all the steps in the process to to find a podcast, to to be a great guest, and then to, to promote it afterwards. Well, uh, that's a, about a thirty-minute training that we do. But if people want to watch that training because there's a lot of visuals in it, well, same place. They can come back to interviewvalet.com forward slash leverage, and all of that stuff is there. And part of that is allowing people to take the next step, you know, to give them that value, to to allow them to to hear you and say, boy, I, I would like to learn more. And some of the things as a guest too is just promoting the episode. And at times, this can be where uh, a smaller guest can outshine a larger guest. So even if, you're, if you've if you never been on a podcast before and you say, boy, could I use this to build my business? Well, one of the things that you offer is that you can promote, you know, Jack and Gina and, and the Leveragist here to your audience. Because I guarantee you, while Gary Vaynerchuk was, prom- was on the show I'm sure he wasn't working very, very hard to promote that episode because he was probably on 10 other interviews that day. But if you want to get a podcaster to recognize you, promote their stuff. I mean, everybody listens for their own name on Twitter. So make sure when a podcast goes live, that interview, that you're sharing it and promoting it as much as your audience as the podcaster is promoting it to his or her audience.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, you bring up a lot of really good points. God, there's so much to this world. There's so many people I've met that just live in the podcasting world, and they do all their marketing there. They go out to Facebook to promote their stuff, but they really, if you had to pick one place where they live, it's in the world because it's so rich. Because you can do one of my favorite uh, leverage tactics of all for podcasts and getting interviews and getting in touch with people, getting connected to people who wouldn't otherwise be as easy to get in touch with is to have your own podcast. And a lot of people are thinking, well, I just want to get on podcasts. And you say in the Leverage Black Book that you should go to the biggest audiences that are ready-made for you and your products or services that have already been put together. Why recreate the wheel? Somebody's got your audience already. You don't need to spend two years building your own. And you'll quickly find that you'll have an audience that's worth two years' worth of putting it together after you've done a couple of interviews in front of those audiences. But if you want to get another leverage point, you go and you start a podcast because I wouldn't have been able to talk to Gary Vaynerchuk in any other way, in any other format. There was no way. He was way too busy, but I had a podcast. And and then bells and whistles went off, and they had a publicist at the time that was ready to go with anybody and everybody, and Gary just said anybody and everybody, obviously, because they, they chose my little podcast and, and sandwiched it between two behemoths. And, uh, and, and that was the only way. And, so, and that's how I got people like uh, Darren Rouse, who was like the number one blogger for learning how to market with blogging and everything at the time. And uh, other people, they were like, oh, you have a podcast. Well, that changes everything and because they also know what Gary knew and they you know so it's really fascinating how you can go so many different directions and it's such a rich area and that's why I wanted to start you off saying you know describing what's the industry like and everything and get a 30,000 foot view because I knew we would get into this where it once you get in there and you start looking at all the different angles for ways that you can get exposure and get in front of your ideal audience and use all the tools that are very, very unique just to the podcasting industry, the channels and everything else, it gets really big and rich. It's not a one-dimensional, yeah, go do a podcast or get on a podcast kind of answer, which is why we have you on today, Tom.
2: <laughs> and that's really what we, we discovered. Uh, you know, we started uh, our agency um, – Looking at content and you know content is the fuel that drives our online engines and content can be anything You know it can be a blog a a video a podcast episode And what we found is that you know blogs are pretty saturated now. How many people actually? Listen to a blog anymore But when we found that we get our clients out on podcasts boy the traffic was immediate It was evergreen. It was highly converting and you know what for me. It's a whole lot more fun to talk to you for an hour than it is to sit down and, um, and write a blog for an hour, knowing that it's going to get to more people, uh, from that way also. And so with that, you know, right. our our best clients are the ones that time is an essence for them. You know, they don't have time to, to do everything that's, that's required to find the right podcast, to do the prep work for it. You know, they, uh, as one of our clients said, uh, I had never heard this phrase. He said, "Sinatra only sang," and I'm like, "What do you mean by that?" And he's <laughs> like, "Well, I want to be Sinatra. You guys find the shows for me. You prep me for them. I'll get up there on stage. I'll I'll talk for the 30 or 45 minutes, and then you take care of everything afterwards too." And so, really, the business owners that are doing that—that's where they're leveraging their time, you know, because what other medium? Could you take a a 45-minute interview or an hour interview and talk to thousands of your ideal customers? And it's very, very reproducible. Most of the time, it's fun. And you also build that relationship with the podcast host, because chances are the podcast host is probably very much like the podcast audience. You know, as we bring new clients on, one of the questions we ask them, do you have any ideal customers that have podcasts? And they'll, they'll mention a couple. I'm like, okay, we need to get you on those podcasts. It's like, well, why? And I'm like, can you sit down and have an hour conversation with this, with this client, you know, the CEO of this company? And they're like, uh, no, we've been trying for years. I'm like, well, if you're on the podcast, he's interviewing you. You're talking, boy, now you've already built that relationship up. You know, I think it was Inc. last summer called it uh, podcasting was the new form of networking. And I love it because I'm a connector um, by nature, and I get to meet so many incredible people. My world has gotten so much bigger, even living in Kalamazoo, Michigan, by all the people that I get to talk with and connect with.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's it. The Podcasts are just a way that facilitates the ability to eavesdrop on what otherwise would be private conversations or phone calls. I mean, really. You know, I mean, like our call last week, or two weeks ago was like that. It was a networking thing. It was like, hey, we need to talk to this guy. He's doing some really cool stuff. Here's the call time and everything. It was just you and me and Gina, and yeah. uh, and everybody else would just leave it at that. But podcasters are like, wait a minute, you need to be on our show. And we quickly realized that you needed to be on our show. And and what are we doing different? We're still connecting with the same tools, but we're allowing everybody to eavesdrop on the conversation. Now the conversation is a little bit different than it was, you know, uh, in private. But actually, I've learned a lot more about you today here on the show than I did in the conversation we had privately, where I could have asked you anything, but I didn't know the questions to ask. I didn't know, you know, you, you, you it's different, you know, and it's really kind of cool, and that's what people are doing. So rather than people get infatuated with, with or intimidated by or whatever by the tools, like you said, blogging is not the thing anymore. It certainly isn't. But blogging never really was supposed to be the point. I I predicted a long, long time ago that people would stop saying blog and just start saying website again, and and it took a while. <laughs> But nobody says, go to my blog, really, anymore. They say, go to my site, my site, my site. And a blog is just a way of organizing information. And we became, though, for a while, very infatuated with the tool itself. And, you, and there's a danger of doing that tool with podcasting. Uh, go to my podcast. Well, you don't really say that. I mean, a lot of people are getting sick of the word webinar. And a lot of people never adopted it as, as nomenclature in the first place. They always thought it was a stupid, geeky web thing to call something and ask any millennial what they think about webinar right now, and you'll get a mouth, a, an earful of <laughs> opinion about that. So it's not really the tools. It's never really been about the tools. The podcast is for, like, insiders to say what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about my blog. I'm talking about my podcast. And But the, you know, for people out there, people in their cars that are accessing a lot of this content don't know that they're necessarily getting a podcast. They feel like they're listening to the radio, and their car came with the ability to you know bring in all this content and sometimes the this, depending on how this dash is set up it might say podcast on it but people largely ignore that like they did rss rss became the thing that ran the web that's how we share information from site to site but when when people started trying to get average users to go You know, you need an RSS feed catcher, and you need to, you know, do you understand RSS? Nobody ever did. Everybody always hated it. And as we tried to go out and be infatuated by the tool itself and try to get our subscribers to subscribe via via RSS, it was miserable. It was really, really difficult. And we only got the geekiest of people, which might not be the very best people to have listening to you among your demographic, the geekiest ones, especially like in my niche. The geekiest ones do what I charge for. They go out and do it themselves, or they know how to get it cheaper or for free. And so they're never going to be good customers, but they're really great RSS subscribers or podcast listeners or blog readers, but that might not be the thing. You, you might be focused too much on the tool. What do you think about that? I, I,
2: I couldn't agree with you more on that, and that's why I say it's a strategy. Always focus on the strategy of what you're trying to do, not the tool. Because the tool's going to change. Um, I, I always laugh at times when I listen to a podcast as a year old, and they're talking about some new tool that just came out, and you're like, oh, man, I remember that one. That, that came out and lasted for 60 days before it imploded. So if you build it yeah. on a tool, it's not going to work. And so that's why I always say it's the, the strategy that we're teaching, we're promoting, is targeted Interviews targeted expert interviews now you could use that any place if it's on blab you know video interviews that's great if it's on periscope you can do that if it's on podcasts I don't care if there's a conference in town that's got a thousand of your ideal customers and they say hey we would like to bring you up on stage and and interview you there the same principles apply. You know, you're going to be talking about trying to send them back to your, your website. You're going to try to engage them with stories and making sure it's it's really focused on them. So I think if you, if you look and say, does this strategy work? Does it support what I'm trying to do? Um, that's the most important part as opposed to a tactic. And just a, another little behind the curtain here, one of the reasons that I think it works so well is that, Nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, probably most of the people on this call, vast majority of them, have never heard of Tom Schwab, they've never heard of Interview Valet, there's no trust, there's no brand recognition, but they do know the leveragist, they know it, they like it, they trust it, they know Jack and Gina, so the fact that I am there now gives me automatic credibility. They're sharing that credibility with me. You know, could I say the same thing on on my podcast? Yeah, but it'd take a while to get it built up. It, you know, it'd be a lot of hard work. So that strategy and, you know, it, it guest blogging, being being interviewed by, by experts, uh, you know, the same strategy that we're using right here on podcast is sort of the same thing that 60 Minutes is doing. The only difference is that, Some of those get to be hit pieces, whereas every podcaster – well, I shouldn't say every. Of the 250 interviews I've done, I can only think of one that wasn't supportive, didn't want to make you look good, and and wanted you to look like an expert in front of the audience there. So it's a very friendly medium, too, that even introverts – I mean, if you wouldn't stand up in in front of a group of 10 people and talk – don't worry, you can be on a podcast. I mean, uh, we're just like the other day we talked on the telephone, Jack, and it was a, a wonderful conversation, and it's the same thing we're doing right now. Um, so a podcast, if you can talk on the phone, you can do a podcast.
0: So your MO is really to get people comfortable with this stuff, because we're we're on the next step stage of the show, right? We're We're getting up toward the top of the hour. The next step would be how do you feel about – what we've talked about today how do you feel about that how picture yourself right now uh you know picking up the email instead of picking up the phone or making contact with a a show producer and that's typically the show uh host too (laughs) but on, on bigger shows the producer or whatever and actually putting yourself out there you've probably got a range of emotions among you listeners and some of you are thinking this still kind of Scares me. I'm not really sure I'd like Tom to back up a little bit and say what do you guys do to get us prepped so we feel more confident so that we really like what do we need to know to actually make this happen instead of just listening to it and just talking about it what would be my next step for somebody who wants to take advantage of what you've been talking about today.
2: Sure. I would say as we go through and prep people, uh, there's there's different services that we provide them. One of them, um, and I'll put this on the on that page uh, interviewvalet.com forward slash leverage. Um, it's something called a pitch sheet. And Jack, my guess is that you probably have it printed out or saw it just before the interview here. And it's like a little press page. It's got your picture. It's got the bio that they can uh, that they can read. Uh, It's got some questions. It's got all your contact information. That makes it for a very easy way that you can present yourself to the podcast host um, and for them to say yes. Everything, you know, podcast hosts are busy. You don't want to give them a long, long email. You just want to give them the bullet points so that it makes it easy for them to, to say yes. The other thing is to making sure that you sound good. You know, no one would go to a, to a, a live video event, you know, with a, a three-day growth and uh, not combing their hair and, and ripped up clothes because you wouldn't look professional. Well, it's the same thing for a podcast interview. You want to sound professional, and so much of that is the equipment. So one of the things we do with all of our clients is make sure that they get the, the right equipment. And it's not a big, in, um, big cost but what you don't want to be is talking to your your microphone, um, it built into your computer. You know, when people hear you, they're not going to think you're an authority. They're going to think that you're calling in from a bathroom stall. So little things like that. But you know, um, listen to podcasts. Reach out, and you know, I will, I always say that the first one of an interview that you do, it will be the worst one you ever do, but would also be the hardest one you ever do because there's that nerves and everything get that one out of the way so that you can go on and do more of those and you'll get more comfortable with it and heck i look forward to them now every day when i see my schedule and it's like man i get to talk to jack and gina this is going to be fun and there's another resource, and I'll put that up on the uh, uh, that page also. Uh, we've got a checklist of things that we always tell our clients to go through before they um, get on a podcast. And, you know, they say all checklists are written in blood. Well, a lot of the blood <laughs> is mine. Uh, little things like checking to make sure that if you've got Dropbox on your computer that you've paused that. You know, one time I had my VA that was sending me a video file, and in the middle of an interview – the 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 quality went down. Why? Because I was downloading a video at the same time. You know, little no, things I like that. I would never think sure, of that. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't either, but it, it never happened more than once. Other things like just double checking your microphone really quickly. Um, I typically will restart my computer before an interview, um, but with that, I'll make sure that it always checks or picks up the right microphone. You know, little things like. Tweeting out the morning of the podcast uh, to the host that hey I'm looking forward to this. Not only does it remind them that you're on the show, but it, it makes it a warm introduction from the very beginning. So there's there's this entire checklist of things that you can do to make sure that every interview really works to your to your advantage. You know, at times it can be um, an ego boost that somebody wants to to interview you. But remember that you know if it it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. We're all trying to grow our businesses and run our businesses. We're trying to leverage things so that we can get more output with less input. So with that, making sure that all of those little things that are taken care of beforehand um, will ensure that every interview gives the maximum output.
0: Awesome. Well, I wanted to go over that because of course you know I don't want people just to go well. Someday I think I'll try this. Really, I think for some people you would find that this is not just an extra thing that you might do to bring in more traffic. Many, many people find that this is one of the main ways that they end up doing it, the thing that they love the most, and also is the most effective. That's part of why they love it. So, you know, it's really important to, like you said, take that first shot. One of the easiest ways to do that would be, um, you mentioned, you know, how many of the clients that you might have that have podcasts. If you can just go to the uh, minor leagues for a second and, um, and just play, you know, because it's a lot more uh, jovial there, friendly there. It's a, it's a friendly audience. And kind of wet your whistle on something smaller just to practice for a while. And because you won't be as intimidated. You won't be thinking, oh, my God, this is like 20,000 people are listening to this thing right now. I'm not ready for this. And you think, if you have that chatter going on in your mind in the background, you're not going to have a good interview. You're just not going to do a good job. But once you get that done, that first interview done on a, on a smaller, um, you know, Bush League kind of <laughs> podcast, you're helping somebody out with great content who's growing their podcast, and at the same time you don't feel that pressure, which I think is really, really important because people will just stop. And I bet you've seen people stop You know, right when they were getting ready to do something really cool or they had something and they're like, yes, I'm really fired up, Tom. And then you don't ever see them actually pull the trigger. And it's so sad because you knew they had something, right?
2: And, Jack, that's really why we started Interview Valet. For a while we were doing this with our clients, but I was also out there freely teaching it. I got a book that's coming out that, that shows how to do this. And people would come back and say, yeah, I understand how to do it. But I don't want to have to do all that prep work before and the prep work after because if you don't do that, it's a system. If you just do the interview, it's like having a car with only an engine. It works fine, but uh, the engine without a transmission and wheels and stuff like that isn't going to get you to where you want to go. So what they said is, hey, can you do everything but the interview? You know, let me be the guest and you take care of the rest. And that's where, really where Interview Valet came from, that concierge-level service that leverages it, uses everything we've learned to set people up for success. And so all they have to do is, you know, an interview once a week or once every other week. And that's their, for a lot of our clients, that's their sole traffic source. Um, We've got coaches that have gone from obscure to acclaimed in in 18 months. We've got a franchisor um, that's added over 60 franchises just getting on podcasts and talking about what he has to offer. We've got authors, speakers, coaches, um, manufacturers. Like I said, we've got uh, people that are on television but have chosen to be on podcasts also. So really, you know, it's a great way to connect with your, your audience and whether or not you use it uh, with ours or with somebody else's, um, it's, a, it's a great way to grow your business. Awesome.
0: Can you drop that link one more time with the resources and everything on it that you mentioned earlier?
2: Uh, sure. If you just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash leverage, uh, everything that's uh, all the things we talked about will be there. Awesome.
0: Well, any closing remarks? We're just down to the last minute. What would you like people to do? What do you, what do you want to leave them
2: with? Well, Jack, it's, it's been a thrill to be here. I really appreciate it. And the one thing that I would say is that if you're listening to this show right now, you know the power of podcasts. You know that your customers, your clients, your ideal prospects are going to be listening to podcasts in the future. The only question is, are they going to be listening to you or are they going to be listening to your competition? And uh, you can either be a podcast guest or a podcast host, and if there's anything we can do to help you or make it easier for you, uh, definitely come and uh, connect with us, Tom Schwab, at interviewvalet.com.
0: Tom, thanks for being here today. It's so great.
1: Thank you so much. Good job, Jack. Great job, Tom. And we'll be back same time, same place next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a great week, everybody.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.